You there? I am here. All right. <laughs> it's got to be. It's got to be that having all the versions of the app open. It's got to be. Oh well. In any case, good evening, everybody. Welcome <laughs> to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I am a slightly hoarse Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Nothing. How's everybody doing tonight? Hopefully, everyone is doing well. Yes, I am. This is a rare occasion for me. There will be no can cracking this evening. Um, drinking tea as well after having more fun than one person should be able to. Uh, the last couple of weekends. Um, uh, we are, as always, brought to you by Pale Fire Brewing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You can go by the tap room anytime, mention the podcast, pick up a pint glass. I saw a nice shot of one of our friends uh, sending us a picture of their pint glass last week. That is always great. I'm hoping to get in there sometime soon. And they're doing some great stuff down there at the tap room. I think you could still get your year long live music pass if you're a Resident down there who can make it in pretty often. It's a great deal. Uh, so go by Palefire, um, mention the podcast, and just keep plugging us away. Thanks, Palefire. Um, Rob, tonight we were kind of talking about what we were going to, you know, what to discuss. And we said maybe it's time to uh, really start having the conversation about the men's basketball program. I, I don't know if this is the, you know, we'd love to get some spring sports coaches on in the preseason here, and this may not be the way to do it. But yeah, but it's time uh, to have that conversation. Uh, we are going to mention some women's basketball and we'll even look ahead a little bit. Just again, as always, mentioning our favorite softball and lacrosse programs. But we got to start tonight with Jimmy. Right, Rob? Yeah. yeah. How exciting is that? It's amazing. So Jimmy Moreland got announced, I don't know, today or yesterday, right? That I, I think it was yesterday. Yeah, that he'll be the first ever JMU player um, invited to the Senior Bowl. This weekend, that game is on Saturday at 2.30 on the NFL Network. He'll be on the South team. Jimmy wrote today that he'll be wearing his freshman year number, number 17, uh, in the game. I think they'll be wearing the white jerseys. He will be coached by none other than Kyle Shanahan in the game. Uh, This is coming off a huge performance for him at the Shrine Bowl last week, where he caught a a lot of media attention from the scouting world. And really, really exciting. I don't think there's anything else to say except this is just wonderful for JMU to get this opportunity and for Jimmy in particular, right? Yeah, and what's neat, like I don't claim to be an expert on this, but I did look into mm-hmm. it a bit and with the Shrine Bowl. Um, I gather, and I'm sure somebody will correct us if we're wrong, but it's really more about the sustained practice during the week mm-hmm. necessarily than just the game itself. Sure. Um, you know, Jimmy had a fine game. They, they, tend to, they didn't really throw at him a lot. No. I <laughs> took that more as a sign of respect. Right. He almost had that kick six, yeah, which, was, which was amazing. Yep. Um, but it really was about just the drills and going up against, you know, a lot of cases, you know, big time P5 type competition every day mm-hmm. and not just holding his own, but, but really, you know, kind of dominating a lot of the drills. Yeah. I think that's what really turns the scouts heads. I mean, obviously they've got, they've got the tape on him. Right. He was stellar. We, anybody listening to this definitely watched him. We, you don't need us to tell, right. tell you how good he was, but then to see him go up against and do that against guys from Auburn to um, outplay, you know, other guys from Virginia tech and so on and so forth. And really just so like, Hey, it's no fluke. You know, the, the tape don't lie, but we, we need to take out the whole FCS caveat mm-hmm. when we're talking about guys at this level. He's proving that he's he's got instincts that you can't really teach. Yeah. Um, he's got quick foot footwork, um, just great jump on the ball, uh, the ability to really get back up there like a jump shooter, we always say. You know, he, mm-hmm. he, he does get beat occasionally, but one thing that I always enjoyed about him is when Jimmy got beat, you knew a big play was coming. That's you right. Know, he just—he's got that chip on his shoulder. Competitor, so, yeah. Yeah, and just an outstanding week of practice. Um, again, it's now an opportunity just to go up and go against top flight 
NFL prospects mm-hmm. um, for the next couple days and then get a chance to shine in the game, mm-hmm. which is great. But you can see, like, this was really what, what vaulted Loletta into the real draft conversation last, last year, year. Mm-hmm. was his performance at senior week. Mm-hmm. Or senior week. Senior ball. Yeah. <laughs> senior yeah. ball. Um, so this is a big deal. I mean, Jimmy went from a guy that I think a lot of us were hoping would get a shot, you know, maybe undrafted free agent or, you know, oh, man, maybe he could catch on the practice squad. So now it's looking like he's got a legit shot to be drafted and drafted in a round where he's maybe got the expectation that making the team is um, kind of a definite possibility. So it's it's really just it's super, super exciting. And he's just um, couldn't the kind come of kid. in a better yeah, – for, right. for a better guy. You know? Exactly. Just, you know, what, what a great kind of – I don't want to say redemption story. It wasn't like he had this major – Nope. You know, falling up, but he made he made the sort of mistake a lot of college kids mm-hmm. make. Um, not the exact same one, obviously, but we all made dumb mistakes in college. Right. Jimmy made one that that could have been very costly. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen it everywhere as sports fan. You've seen guys make relatively, you know, mistakes, but not yeah. things that shouldn't derail you. But they do. They absolutely derail people, and they stop playing, and they drop out of school. There are examples from JMU sports programs yep. of super talented people who had a bump in the road and kind of were never heard from again. Yeah. I don't think I'll, it, I'll, I'll never stop being grateful for his not being entitled and just wanting to transfer and do something else, but you know, staying at JMU and coming back and turning into this, you know, it's, it's yeah, just been so I mean, fun to watch. Yeah. One, one amazing story. Yeah. Um, I mean, th- and I'm excited. We might, I, I thought we saw the last of him uh, against Colgate and I was devastated. I just have so much fun watching him play. Me too. So, well, and he's really the kind of kid excited. You saw some of the scouts talking about like, he's the kind of kid that you just wanted him to get an opportunity. And yeah. you saw last week, I mean, people saying he just seems like a player who ends up around the ball. And any, yeah. anybody who's watched him for the last five years, like we have, that's exactly what we've all seen. And you hope, you think, you know, you make a few plays at these games and suddenly they want to put on your tape, your real yep. your deep tape, right? And the deep yeah. tape shows a kid making a ton of plays and not just making them on defense, but all those, that first year he was back on the team with Houston when he was leading the way for Richard Davis and John Miller in the return game. You know, yep. I mean, that's a kid who might have a chance. So size, FCS, all that put aside, he just makes plays, and we all know that. So congrats to Jimmy. We're all going to be watching you on Saturday um, and rooting for you as the draft process goes. I'm sure we'll all be rooting for you to be on your favorite, our favorite team. Um, I, I would even go back into the world of jerseys if Jimmy ended up on my favorite team. So Yeah, I, I could definitely yeah. see a, yeah. a, a Jimmy Giants jersey in my future yeah, if yeah. it works out. <laughs> right. So I, I've, I've for years been trying to put no money in the official Redskins accounts, but we'll, we'll, you know, that this would definitely be an exception. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but with that, we will turn to a little bit. Well, I, I don't know. You want to do good news real quick on women, Rob? Or yeah, yeah. 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 Just I the women this are, is, this is getting exciting. Yeah. They're ranked in the mid major top 25. That's right. They're 13 and four, um, five and one in the conference. Yeah. They had one loss on the road at UNCW undefeated at home. Um, and they're just crushing it on defense. I mean, when they win, they are just stomping opponents and allowing mm-hmm. nothing on the defensive end. And then offensively, they really have been fun in terms of their sp- sharing the ball and, yeah. you know, sharing the shots. And I, I know you and I, we, we, we don't know if we have a super hot take on this, but uh, you want to share your, your potential thought on this? Well, well just, uh, I think I, I am by no means any sort of like, historian of JMU basketball and while I always rooted for the guy I was always kind of bewildered how Kenny Brooks had this reserved godlike status amongst JMU fans Mm -hmm. Um, he was a good coach he did a lot of good things with the program but people made it out like he was John Wooden or Gino Ariama like 
he he was a good coach. He he did pretty well. He got them in the tournament um, a couple times. But people tended to act as if it was this perennial, not only a tournament team, but a team that made deep runs in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. And that just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think and, – and you can't even say, can he put Jamie on the map? That's not the case. That's disrespecting previous coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a good coach. I, I think Coach O has a different philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Coach O will ultimately have more success mm-hmm. than Brooks. And it goes back to the first time you talked to him. We talked mm-hmm. to him, Todd. Yep. He's – very, very smart guy. Obviously owes a lot to Coach Brooks um, and was, I want to say, kind of choosing his words carefully to talk about how he seemed to have a much different philosophy mm-hmm. where he had a more kind of, is it fair to say, team-based approach or, or maybe one that has yeah. not all of his eggs in one basket? Yeah. Uh, Brooks, yeah. Was, Brooks was great about getting these like fantastic players and kind of riding them and when it worked, it worked and when it didn't, it didn't. But I, I think it's a much more just it's a team based approach. I think if Smalls has an off night now in the in the CA tournament, it's not the end of the world. Right. Um, with some of Brooks's teams, yep. it was kind of the end of the world. I mean, and I don't mean to single anybody out or say she's down. Precious Hall was a tremendous basketball right. player. You know, it was very fun to watch. You would not see, or I don't think you would see a Precious Hall type um, team under Coach O. I mean, Precious Hall. Go back and check the stats. I think she had over two, maybe three times as many attempts as the next, you know, highest JMU shooter. Mm-hmm. I mean, when she had like 750 attempts or something. Yeah. Nobody else had about 300. And that's not, not to say she didn't deserve it. She was a great player. That's just a very different philosophy. That's, you know, and Adam Morris. Yeah, it Gonzaga becomes a Marshall Anderson situation. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah. And it's great. And geez, I mean, she, she won a lot of, they won a lot of games with her. But I just think this is a little more sustainable. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a little bit different. You might not have that national, you know, scoring leader type player mm-hmm. under a Coach AO team. But I think this sets you up to win win games in the NCAA tournament. Right. Um, it, you know, obviously we all want him to get – we wanted the team to be there the last couple of years. Didn't work out. Uh, it's starting to think this year could be the year. But I, I think it, it's a more sustained or more sustainable approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite frankly, I think it, it's more enjoyable as a fan. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, and just to back people off the ledge, we're not in any way. I mean, one of the things people love about Kenny was he's one of, an all-time JMU great on the court, absolutely as a player himself, and an all-time JMU great as a person. From what we all know in the outside world, off the court, even as the coach, oh, right? I mean, oh, just and, one and of the all-time greatest guys just, in the world, right? Sure, yeah, it's salt of the earth. Thing, and guys. so, it's great to talk. This to. is a purely a, a sort of on-court take about this. Um, that this team, you know, Coach O seems to be building the team in a way that is building towards March instead of just saying, this is our player, we're going to ride her until there's not, you know, till there's an off night. Yeah. And that's, you know, we're hopeful. It remains to be seen. Kenny got the team to the tournament, and JMU's going to have tough competition in the CAA tournament in March to get there. And there's certainly not going to be more than one, one team, most likely, out of the conference. So it does all come down to those three days in March. Uh, and we'll see where it ends up, but we're very excited. And before we transition to men's, Rob, we should say JMU has four home games between the men's and women's program this week. So the men play Thursday against Hofstra and Saturday against Northeastern. I'm not sure that I would recommend either of those games to, <laughs> to the casual <laughs> make the drive right, to the casual <laughs> consumer. Um, Hofstra is playing outstanding in the CAA right now, leading the conference, and that could be a rough go on Thursday. Uh, the, yes. But the women's team plays Friday at home against William & Mary and Sunday at home against Elon. 
So there are a lot of opportunities to watch the Dukes this weekend. And while we are joking about the men, um, you know, four home games in a row is kind of, that would have been a fun thing to do if we were still in school. I know I would have thought that was a cool weekend, you know, so go on out and see it. Um, And with that, I think we will move over to the men's team now sitting at nine and 11 overall, two and five in the CAA. They took that big win over Charleston and turned it into back-to-back losses on the road at Delaware and at Drexel. Um, They have the conference's top team, Hofstra, coming in on Thursday. And it just doesn't seem to be – it's just time after time after time we are back at the same spot, you know, and then they get one win or one thing and we think maybe or, you know, in this case I think Wilson was out a little bit and you try to make an excuse. But – they're kind of out of excuses at this point. And I, I think we're both, you know, they're headed, what are they, one year away from the new arena? And we're in the third, what, third year of Coach Rowe? And, and you, I, I don't know what, I, I just, I'm out of answers. I'm, well, well, I think it's tough for us to talk about because you either you can take the approach where you can try to look for silver linings. Mm-hmm. And we did that last year. And like a lot of fans, we were really excited by well, what we saw was in, you know, an uptick in talent, mm-hmm. but they lost a lot of close games. And we were, you know, you kind of, you convince yourselves, oh, that's just due to youth. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the same sorts of issues, maybe not as catastrophic. They're not blowing like eight point leads in 45 seconds mm-hmm. like last year, but they're blowing big leads. Yep. You know, it, it's still, and, and like, it's not, they can't shoot. I, they still can't shoot. I mean, no, it's, uh, I can't figure out what their offensive approach is. Me neither. Um, sometimes they try to do this like four out type offense, but, they don't have the shooters for that, quite frankly. If they're hot, like they were against College of Charleston, yeah, it looks great. Yeah. But otherwise, they they need a little more of a meth. I don't know, like methodology. Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, they need a, plan, they need a, a better, game plan, right? I mean, they need a game plan. Yeah, and they don't have it, and like it's just it's very difficult because you don't want to just sit there and, like I said, try to make it seem like everything's great. They're going to be fine because you sound like a fool, and then you don't want to go the other direction and just say burn it all down. Right. Rose a bomb. Uh, it, there's got to be a middle ground or at least an opportunity to rationally discuss the, the big elf in the room, which is Roe the guy. Right. And, and I don't know. We, we certainly do not have evidence at this point to say definitively, yes, give him the keys right. to the program. He's the one to take it into the new union bank and trust and we can go. Do we have enough to go the other direction? I, I don't think so. I, I mean, like, I, I don't think he deserves to be fired at this point. Nope. But it ain't looking good. No, it's it's just there's kind of a big picture, and the I think the small picture you were just talking about on the court. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it just is like keep making adjustments, and they don't seem to, you know, if the answer is this team needs to rely on Lewis and Banks going to the hole, then just take the breaks off and let them go and see what happens. And if the yeah. answer is we're going to feed Wilson in the post and we're going to put Mosley and um, Parker, you know, try to get them in position to shoot and we'll play inside out that way, then just keep hammering away at that. But they don't seem to like – it just – they're not picking one philosophy or the other and sticking with it that much. And, and they're not adjusting to the other that's, team. That's I mean, what I you, mean. you throw yeah. different defenses right. at them. Right. Oh, my gosh. Right. It, it's, it's just, you get it's two trouble. free possessions defensively if you yeah. switch the defense almost every time. And I know – look, yeah. Parker's a freshman, and he's getting better. I mean, that's one sign of – one positive sign lately is he's definitely – more comfortable on the ball on a more veteran team. Um, but I think in the big picture, when you take a step back, you know, we've all outside of football, I think all JMU fans have been frustrated with 
the men's side of the athletic department for quite a few years. And we've seen in recent years in both soccer and to some extent, to a lesser extent in baseball, where when the coaching change came, we saw very obvious wins and losses progress, right? Yeah. In, in, the, in the product on the field. And, it, you know, it was backed up by, you know, in soccer's case, a, a hell of a run this year. But even in baseball's case, we saw that kind of just step-by-step progress, the improvement that we all want to see last year. And we just don't see that. Basketball seems to be stuck in this place. And, and we all know, Harrisonburg, it's going to be a tough place to win in men's basketball, you know, especially till this arena comes online. But it, um, 9-11, 2-5 is, is not get you know, there's just no – that doesn't get anybody going. Well, you also look at it in terms of what they – did you know like uh, you and I both like Brady? Yes, personally, I, I really enjoyed. Every time I spoke to him, I just had a blast talking to him. I thought he was, and I think personally, much... I like. I would probably like Rupp. Like, I mean, oh. I've been very impressed with the way he interacts with his kids and the way he recruits. And we obviously know who you, he you was. You remember? Yeah. No, I, I came. I came out of that last. This is going to sound like I'm making it up based on the way that things have gone down this winter. Right. But you know, last summer I went to that Duke club event, and I went home and called you, and I said I was more impressed with Rowe than Houston. Yes. In terms of. I, I yeah. not saying he's a better coach, but I thought Roe came across as more authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, uh, if people choose to think that I'm making this up, no, no. History, so be it. But like, I came back and I was like, Houston is a good guy, rah, rah, but he's selling this stuff and he's selling it. He came across as, a, as very much a salesman mm-hmm. with the whole family and the program. And, and don't worry, Rob, um, everybody can go back and listen to like episode 33. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. But yeah. I was blown away. Like Roe to me seems so committed to his guys. And I think it's a little bit different in basketball. Mm-hmm. The head coach has much more direct, um, direct relationship with everybody on the roster, sure. obviously in football. But I do think Roe is sincere. I think Roe absolutely is the type of guy that considers JMU his dream job. I do think he really bleeds purple and gold. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that really impressed me is he said he, he doesn't regret guys he doesn't want to spend time with. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's a family. I don't care how good you are. If I don't want to be around you, I don't want you around my other guys. You're gone. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was very admirable. I think the players like him. Yep. Um, and, you know, he wants to succeed. We all want him to succeed. But, man, it was a weird decision. Like, I mean, Brady – it's possible to think that Brady was a good guy and a good coach, but also accept that the the program had probably reached its ceiling under him yeah, they, they, for whatever they reason. Plateaued. I don't I don't think there, were, there wasn't anything else, any other level they, to go. No, they, they were kind of in that Washington Wizards space, <laughs> like <laughs> yes. where where they're like good, but not good Fire enough. Earning. Anybody, <laughs> yeah, but nobody's going to think of them as a contender. But you know, you're not going to expect them to finish out of the playoffs. You know, he had years with injuries where he's out, but. His last year, they were top 100 Ken Palm team. Yep. Um, now they weren't they weren't cut down the nets or anything, but they were a respectable program. 20 wins, which are not the 20 wins from the 80s, but it's still an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Well, now under Rowe, I mean, what they were 10 and 23 the first yep. year, 10 and 22 last year, mm-hmm. nine and 11 this year with what 10, 11 games to go. Yeah, the harder part of the schedule ahead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but two of those wins already were non D1 wins. Right. It was a re- it was a laughable out-of-conference schedule. schedule. Right. So conceivably, you could end up with like, what? Let's say they get hot. Mm-hmm. And by hot, I mean go six and four down the stretch mm-hmm. or something like that. With the tough part of the CAA, I think that would be a, a very good close. You're still looking at, what, under 500. And right now, they're sitting at like 259 in Ken Palm. Yeah. Um, 
they've actually gotten worse by that metric. I mean, they were 220, 223, 229, 259. Yeah. So they're regressing by advanced metrics. Um, it's just not happening. Yeah. And we all point to recruiting because he put together a tremendous recruiting class last year. Well, the jury's very much out on this year. Parker looks like a real player, but he's the only guy we've seen the floor. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Like, Roe is a terrific guy. He loves JMU. He wants to succeed. Yeah. Thus far, that has not been enough to make up for the fact that he just doesn't have a lot of experience as a head coach. No, I mean, no, but there are two good things about this, I guess. I mean, this is really reaching for some silver linings, but one is, as opposed to my Wizards, um, they do not owe John Wall 40-plus million dollars guaranteed in 2023. Um, You know, you can turn things around with one or two players in college. And, you know, I've said this on here before, but I work at another school that, rode out a young first-time head coach who is now in his eighth or ninth year and, and, you know, had a little bump the first year when he got the interim job halfway through the season. And then they really rode with him for four or five years. And there were some ups and downs and some injuries and some complaining and some really awful seasons. But I think they just – they believed they had found their guy and they've really come to a stable place. I, I don't – you know, it's a similar – mid-major type program or low-major type program. If you fire Roe, where, who are you going to get? You know, well, that's, I, that's, that's what we always said about Brady was, if you fired Brady, who are you going to get? And I, I'd sort of stick with a guy that doesn't, you know, seems to run a tight ship off the court and hopefully is developing the young men in the program, um, at least for a little while. I, let's just say I have a lot more patience with men's hoops than I do with football because the advantages that football has – are certainly not in place for that program. And as you are headed to a new arena, there's, I don't see any reason to jump the ship, you know, jump ship yet. I mean, I guess we'll see how the rest of the season goes. If they crater and lose every game the rest of the way, then obviously you got to make a change. But if they stay around 500, I don't know that I'm ready to do that. At least not next year before you're headed to the new place, you know? Well, I don't think, unless you, I think the point you made about not knowing, like, if they get rid of him, then who? Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. Right. Um, but the whole idea, everybody knew that they wanted to get rid of Brady for the last three years. They made the tournament, and it was like, oh, shit, we got to keep him. That was probably the worst. Yeah, <laughs> oh my, we got to keep him. And they were done. But let's assume they had a plan in place then. They had a target list. Right. When he finally walked away, they had nothing. Nothing. They had absolutely nothing. They had, they had Sanchez from yeah, UVA, who remember. now is yeah. where he's down at Charlotte yeah. now. I don't even know how he's doing. And then he had a row who kind of blew everybody away with his enthusiasm, JMU. Uh, at this point, like, I'd rather stick it out because mm-hmm. I want him to succeed. I, I would be bummed out, even though I want what's best for the program and I want more wins. Mm-hmm. I would be seriously bummed out if Roe got fired. Yeah. Um, just I, I, a lot of that is personal. I you know, know and it's, it's hard. I'm like, are we the younger version of the Sherm Dillard's contemporaries as alums who were rooting, probably we, rooting for we him? We might you be. Know? We might be. But like. Would it be better just to put more investment behind the scenes and in the program like they're doing with the arena and try to build a collective program rather than just relying on essentially hitting the lottery with a coaching hire, which they've not shown the ability to do. Right. Yeah. And, um, and JMU so I, hasn't, they, you know, they, they've never shown to their credit. Um, they thus far have not shown the willingness to be, to dip their toe into the real shady waters. Yeah. you know that oh my gosh often... the people saying patino right right, like right. no um, i'd stop donating i don't donate a lot i would stop writing checks if they, if they yeah and, and not just you the know. big names like patino but anybody who you know 
they, they have, whether it was Brady or, and look, Brady had his own problems, but that was about bringing his own recruits, you know, that, that was about competing with his former job. It wasn't about dropping bags or yeah. going through fake churches or whatever, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and uh, JMU's tried to stay out of that game and we'd like to see them continue down that road. So, yeah, that's, I don't know. I, I think that's about all we can say, right, Rob? We're just yeah, back here every I mean, time. Like, it's weird though. Cause like last year the team was bad and they were losing, but I really enjoyed watching them. Mm-hmm. I haven't had as much fun the last four or five games oh, watching this team. Yeah. You know, it's, I really like all the players individually. I, I think I'm probably the biggest of Al Phillips fan there is. Yeah. Uh, people ride. You are. Hard. Yeah. You're bigger. I, 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 yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I'm, I feel like sometimes I'm the only, um, <laughs> I think he's kind of the consummate glue guy. I wish you could hit a free throw. Right. That drives you crazy. But I think Roe, if he did make an improvement, I think he's used him more effectively this year off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, I like what I've seen from Parker. I love Mosley. Banks, I feel like – Banks is sort of the all, key, we, I think, usually. Yeah. When he plays really well, that, that, that seems to let, you know, be the key. You kind of get yeah. what you get from Lewis and Wilson and Mosley, and when they get something from Banks, it seems to really change the tenor of the game for this team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Banks has the highest ceiling mm-hmm. on the team. Lewis, last year, we all were enthralled with. Mm-hmm. I thought he did such a great job as point guard in the new position. This year, it's like I think he's kind of struggled to find his role. Mm-hmm. But when he's on, he's tremendous. I, I do think they've got a roster that is good enough where, as juniors and seniors, you know, they, they could catch some breaks and we'll all be looking back and saying, oh, wow, can we believe everybody wanted to get rid of Russ? Uh, it's so, funny, you know, right? The same thing that we said about the women, the converse is true with the men. The women, yeah. the women could go, you know, 25 and four and lose in the CAA tournament. And we'd be sitting here talking about, did Coach O have a bad year? Yeah. And the men could go, you know, 15 and 17 and get to the CAA final. And we'd be saying, maybe we're on the right track. Yeah. You know, so I, I yeah, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's tough, tough and low, low major ball is tough. Um, well, and that's the thing. It, it really, JMU is a low major. Yeah. yeah that's the, the other CAA thing. CAA is like, low major. Yeah, CA is low major. It's it's not an easy place to hire to. Nope. Um, much like the conversation we just had about Brooks with kind of the revisionist history and people remembering him to be maybe something a little more than he was. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the case with JMU's men men ba- men's basketball program in general. Yeah, people act like it's got this storied history, and it, it does not. Now you really it, have it to had... go back to the eighties to to have yeah. any storied stuff. You know, they had some runs. Under Lou, they had some runs. Right. And then they, you know, look, they had competitive, exciting teams under Lefty. But they went to one tournament. But they went to one tournament, right. And so you really have to go all the way back to to the Lou teams in in the early, you know, early to mid-80s to find, you know, a real dominant program at this level. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that was back when the tournament was, what, 54 teams or something? You know, like, right. you know, they were good, but people act like, it went from Lou to Lefty, and it was the same thing. It was not. Lou was Lou was a brief, really, really high watermark that JMU has not come anywhere close to meeting in the 30 years since. Well, and, and, and honestly, in the 10 years we've been doing this, Rob, I mean, with the exception of three days and a set of circumstances that will never be replicated again in terms of the conference tournament, yeah, this has been absolute dreck through four different administrations. You know, yeah. So. so I mean, you, you can talk about Jamie's storied history right. as if it's relevant to a current player. Much the same, you could talk about how NYU and Holy Cross have won the NCAA <laughs> That's tournament. That's right, right. You know, yeah. it's just like things happen. Right. It's a long time ago. Yep. No, nobody's considering LaSalle and NYU to be national powers anymore. No. 
Um, JMU is a, is a low major until they start winning some games. That's right. Well, as I nervously try to watch the captain, um, the great eight, single-handedly break this losing streak, and yet oh. there, he said I got a hat trick tonight, and they're up 6-5 in, late in the third. Um, yeah. We're going to move on to a good overtime topic. I can't remember who suggested this, uh, but a few weeks ago, somebody suggested um, best outdoor activities near JMU. And as cold and miserable as the weather has been lately, thought maybe this was a kind of an oddly good time to talk about some of these things, right, Rob? Yeah, yeah, yeah so, definitely. So we'll each do at least you know two or three. We'll see. We, we'll probably have a lot of overlap, um, but you wouldn't. Oh, I'm sure we'll have yeah. tons of overlap. I think I got three in general, but you want to go ahead, Rob? Well, I would go with my number one uh-huh. being kind of in the May session or summer. Any of the um, tower jumps? That's me too. Or Stanton Dam? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Stanton Dam was a one-time thing for me. Never again. No. That was terrifying. Yes. Um, I remember, like, I, what, what was that, like? Blue Hole that's... or something? I, I don't know. Well, Blue Hole was the little one, but then there were just those random, like, towers in the middle of the reservoirs that were, like, 30 feet. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. I don't know if that's really Blue yeah. Hole, but, yeah, I mean, th- no, any no, of those that, where you drive that out was super the fun. Day. You drive out, you do it. Um, but then, have you, have you run at Stanton Dam? I did not, and I'm really glad that you did, and you can tell it's me what I'm terrible. not missing. <laughs> right. It's like... It's like 60 or 70 like, feet, right? Yeah, what, let's say that's what we all said. So let's let's say it was 45. Okay. <laughs> and those regular towers were like 25 or 30. Right. It was so – you jump off those other towers, yeah. which are roughly the equivalent of like one of the Olympic platforms. Uh-huh. You got that brief adrenaline rush and then splash. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I did it. Yeah. I jumped off Stanton Dam and it's long enough to be like, oh, my gosh, that was scary. Then you can calm down. Right. And then you start panicking again because you still haven't hit the water. <laughs> it's, it, it's all maybe like a second and a half. It felt like an eternity. It was <laughs> terrible. Never again would I do that. That, that was just it's dangerous. Million popped his shoulder out yeah. when I was there from hitting the water. Million popped his shoulder out like six times while we were in college. But yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. But this was one. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Well, no, I agree with you on the tower jumping. That's a really fun day trip. Anybody who's there in May session, June, whatever, um, you can't beat that. You might even get a little four-wheeling involved in that. Yeah, mm-hmm. my, my one of mine that was that t- the top of my list too. Rob. Um, my other one was uh, that campground that we used to go to at I think it's North River Gorge. Was, yeah, yeah, I actually looked George it up. Washington yeah, Forest. I have like the directions to it in this mm-hmm. old thing. Um, it, ironically, it's near Todd's Lake. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was just a really cool. It was like a hike in, and you had to at the time. I don't know what it is now, but there was a like a zip line thing, a river crossing. Yeah, or like a you had your feet on one line, lines. yeah, two line, yeah. feet on one line and hands on another to cross to the actual campground. And then there was a really cool trail up the other side of the mountain to a really great overlook of the whole valley out there. Um, just a real. Were you were you with us when my sister fell off the bridge thing? Oh, I was involved in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think I was standing on the side laughing when she came up. Yeah. I was standing above watching, her, and I remember she fell. I think it was me and maybe mm-hmm. Zaraga. And she fell back underwater like a black fox and just opened her eyes and started yep. laughing. Yep. yep, she did. She was a good sport about it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, then we had to drive her back soaking wet. No, that's a great camp spot. Yeah, that really is. Um, do you have another one, Rob? Well, this is something that I haven't done in a while, but I was a pretty um, avid recreational mountain biker oh, yeah. back in college. Yeah. And I mean, there was just an, an almost infinite number of great places the bike from like reddish knob mm-hmm. just doing the downhill or a lot of the good single track um a lot of the cross-country stuff i mean even just riding the rock garden mm-hmm. or or the old um arboretum yeah. places back there like i just i really enjoyed riding my bike in town yeah no you were, you were lucky. I, 
it's so funny because I never never really biked much in college and love it now. So I I would every time I get up there, I am thrilled to be in the area. So much to do mountain biking wise. Um, yep. My my other one was just uh, skiing. The yeah Monday Night Madness at Massanutten. I think it was like yep. ten ten dollars for ticket and ten bucks mm-hmm. for rentals if you mm-hmm. needed. I mean you can't beat that. I know it's night skiing in Virginia, but ten bucks to go skiing for a few hours with your friends is uh is as good as it gets. Oh yeah, you know? so yeah. I, yeah, that was my my other oh, one outdoors. Speaking of which, I uh, I went skiing for the first time as a middle aged man on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> That's a young man's game. I, I don't know. I actually went. I went each of the last two weekends and had a blast um, in the general JMU vicinity, but not at Massanutten. So um, I I hadn't skied since my early thirties. Okay, um, probably with me. No, no, you went after. Yeah, you. No, it was after. Like yeah. I, I think I don't know. Maybe, I think the last time I skied was probably like Vale in two thousand. Seven, gotcha. two thousand eight. Yep. But I was out. We were at Loveland mm-hmm. on Friday, and it was fun. But like, definitely, I could handle it. But I definitely had to keep my ego in check. <laughs> like, had to talk, my, kind of talk myself on the plane out there. Be like, I cannot just go attack the back balls. I can't get frustrated about doing things. And I was able to get everywhere. But I, I was much more um, kind of eager to find the the cruisers and the groomers. Uh-huh. Than I ever had been in the past. Yes. So I, I, it was fun. I, I was not anywhere like that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to being humbled again sometime soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think that, do you have anything else there, Rob? Those no, were my three. Yeah, tower camping and skiing, mountain well. biking. Yeah, exactly. There's, there, look, there's a ton of great stuff. I know, Rob, you've gotten to go um, fishing with the Tros, right? Down yeah. there. So that was not something we did at JMU. No, but for me, it's more just casting. But right. <laughs> there, there, there are plenty of trout that other more accomplished anglers can catch. Well, and obviously Harrisonburg itself now is the home of a really great outfitter for that. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, just what, who, what's their place again? Mossy Creek. Mossy Creek. So yeah. Yeah. I know you and Rich place. have had great things to say about it. So yep. yeah. Um, yeah. We need to get those guys as a sponsor. <laughs> we do. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. So. In any case, uh, thanks, Rob. We are um, just thanks to everybody who's been listening. Uh, listenership's been really solid, even though we've been a little bit in and out through this last month, month and a half. Um, I'm certainly running around doing a bunch of stuff right now, and we'll see what happens, but we're going to try to be pretty consistent. Rob's been great about writing on the site, and I will get back to it as well. So thank you to everybody who stays with us, and we're looking forward to doing lots of certainly March Madness coverage, but also getting into the softball on the cross seasons and go by Palefire. Say thanks for supporting the podcast. Yep. Yep. Rob, I will talk to you next week. All right. Have a good one, everyone. Go Dukes.